Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good. It's great to see you all. We're going to be receiving communion at the end of the service today together as a church family. But we're going to be talking about family uh, today during our week two of our Dreamer series. Now, I, I made mention of this in the, in the first service and some people weren't here last week. Um, does everybody in the room have a Dreamer's journal? If you do not, please raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring them to you. They have them in their hand. They're coming down the aisle. Just be patient. Just keep your hand up nice and high. So this is your journal. So write your name in the front of it. Uh, Take it home with you today and then bring it back next week. As throughout this series, what we're wanting to do is discover God's dreams for our lives, not just live any old dream, not just uh, some dream according to my flesh and desires or some dream that the culture would dictate to us. But what we want to do and what we can do and what our purpose is throughout this series is discover the dream that God has for us. Because we should want, and this should be our desire as followers of Jesus, to be, God, what what do you have for me? What is out in front for me and what are you wanting me um, to walk towards? But before we jump into that message today, just a quick reminder, I would love for you as we are starting out a brand new year, you know, we're all looking to do some sort of new disciplines, maybe changing our food habits, maybe adding some exercise, all those different things that we are generally doing at the beginning of the year to also include... um, a Bible reading plan for yourself. And, and I recommend if you go to the YouVersion Bible app, there's lots of plans in there if you want to read through the Bible in the year or maybe the New Testament in a year or if you want to read something topical, whether um, healing, forgiveness, grace, love, there's all of these different topics in the YouVersion Bible app. And then you can go through some sort of systematic Bible reading uh, so that you can be disciplining yourself as we go throughout the year to spend some time in the Word of God. Um, And then the other thing I recommend to you as we are starting out the year which everybody was super excited when I suggested it last week, is to do some sort of fasting. And really, ultimately, fasting means that we don't eat. Now, again, I said, if you have a recommendation from your doctor that you have to fast, please continue with your doctor's instructions. But for the vast majority of us, it would be okay if we ate less calories. (laughs) But not just going on a diet. Uh, The idea would be we would be curbing and we would be taking away certain things for the purpose of worship and prayer, for the purpose of seeking after God, just just not not eating, that we're going to realize that God is our source. So we can do maybe a day or we can do a partial fast or we skip one meal, um, different things like that, or remove something from our diet. You know, one of those things that we think that we have to have, that thing, that we take that thing out whether that's a food or a drink of some kind, that we would just be removing that from our diet to say that God is our source, not that thing, not that food, not that drink, whatever that might be, that we are truly dependent on God. And um, one other thing that we could do, obviously, would be for us to limit or take away or remove, depending on the nature of our habits of these things, some sort of media, social media, news, different things like that, that we would remove those things again from our attention and put more attention on God as we want to seek his purposes for our lives, as we should want to do. We, we should want to, as followers of Jesus, know what the will of God is for our lives. 
So what is the dream that God has for us? Now, what we're talking about in this series, and these are kind of synonymous terms, a vision or a dream that God might want to give to us, and what we're describing, again, is the awareness of God's desire for your future. Now, we see instances in the scripture where somebody would have an open vision, that they would see into the spirit realm, that they would see Jesus, that they, they would see angels or different things like that. Listen, if God gives you one of those visions, fantastic, wonderful. Um, but what is going to be communicated in that type of vision, similarly to what we're talking about, is what is God's will? And God can communicate those same things to us through his word and by his spirit, What is God's desired future for us? Not just a dream that I would think up, not just something again for my desires, but God, what is it that you are wanting for my future? Because this is how God operates. God operates through vision, that he's showing us a picture of our future. And like we said last week, when you're doing some sort of puzzle, that you start out with the end in mind, you start out with the finished product as to what kind of puzzle that you're putting together and then all of the pieces come together to be able to create that picture. And this is what God does in our lives. He shows us a future and then by faith, we're gonna be walking out those steps as he is gonna be guiding our steps. He's gonna be leading us and guiding us a step at a time, not by leaps and bounds, but he's ordering our steps. And we can trust him along the way to move to the vision that God has for us. So this is for the young and old. We see in the scripture that God would give visions to teenagers and then also to 80-year-olds and beyond. So none of us can opt out of this series. And again, this is what God does with us. He starts with the end in mind. But what we need to do is we need to be able to decipher, is this a godly dream? Is this thing that I'm thinking about? Or as I'm looking towards my future, is this thing that I'm going towards, is this a godly dream or is this just me? Or is this something I saw in a movie one time? Or is this just something somebody said to me one time? We want to be able to decipher what is a godly dream and then obviously to talk about the steps to get there. And we mentioned this last week, is that God doesn't sell us short, See, God knows and is aware of all of the potential that he's placed on the inside of you. You know, we could sell ourselves short. We can decide not to go for the dreams and visions that God has placed on the inside of us, but God never does. He's always calling us forward, and we talked about that last week. One of the the ways for us to decide and understand the nature of a godly vision is God is moving us forward. God is not taking us backward. God is moving us forward and upward. This is the call of God in Christ Jesus. And so this can help us to decipher whether or not what we're thinking about is a godly dream. How much potential is wrapped up on the inside of you? See, God knows what he's placed in there. How much potential is in you as it relates to family, what we're gonna be talking about today and career and education and all of these different things? How much potential is placed on the inside of you? Because God will give you a vision related to what he's placed inside of you. And so the scripture that's embossed here on your book is Habakkuk chapter two, verse one. And it says this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself at the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. So this is our desire. God, what are you saying to me? 
What is the things that you're revealing to me about my future? Listen, it's good to set goals. Practically speaking, it's good to set goals. But a vision, a dream for your future from God is different than you just setting goals. What are you saying to me? What are you communicating to me? Verse two, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So this is the tablet we've given to you. I'm sorry, it's not an iPad. But this is the tablet that we have given to you in this series. So as we are discovering some things, which we did last week, we wrote some things down. What are we supposed to do? Supposed to write it down so that the person who reads it, which is us, can run with it. Move towards the vision that God gives us. So again, we, we want to write down what God is saying to us. In other words, we want to honor it. We want to cherish it. Not just like, oh, okay, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. No, we want to write the godly vision and then run with it. Verse three says, for still the vision awaits. <coughs> it's appointed time and it hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So some of the things that God places in our heart, man, these things will come to pass quickly. Some of the things that we see about our future, these things can come to pass in a week, a month, a couple months. But then there's other things that God places in our lives that will be five, 10, 30-year projects that he's inviting us into. So we want to stay on the path of faith. That we want to continue to trust God to order our steps to move us to the dream that he has for our lives. So today we're gonna talk about a godly vision for our family. Now in, in first service, this became uh, a two message week. So part two will be next week. I got to a certain point in my notes and I realized I had about another 30 minutes. So this is just part one this week. You'll get part two next week. Um, the idea of seeing the vision for a godly family. All of us have come from a family of some description. And God is calling us to be part of a church family. And then God is calling us into a family. Now, there, there could be some people that God has a call in your life for singleness. But the vast majority of us, God has called us into a nuclear family. A husband and a wife and children. And what we want to do is we want to understand, God, what is your vision for a family. What do you say about it? Because family is God's idea. Can I get an amen? It's not a, it's not a modern creation. It's like the idea of family is part of creation. Adam and Eve and a family and children. This is God doing something for humanity. The call for us to be part of a family. And again, if we if we're, if we're not part of a, a nuclear family and there's all different reasons because of this, this is why we have church families. Because everybody needs to be in a family. Can I get an amen? Nobody should be alone. This is the beautiful thing about church, that we have people uh, of different ages and, and different walks of life and we all come together and there's husbands and wives and there's children, there's grandparents. And But what we want to do, again, is we want to say to God, God, I want to see the vision that you have for my life as it relates to family. And what is a godly vision for family? And then what is the purpose of family? The foundation of our nation and any nation is families. The foundation of the church is families. We say that a church is a family for your family. 
And see, the enemy wants to destroy families. He wants to go after marriages. He wants to go after children. He wants to destroy families. He wants to distort families. But God has a vision, a godly vision for families. Now, when we look at the idea of family, in the scripture is presented to us an ideal. In other words, a perfect vision as to what a godly family looks like. And, and sometimes if we look at an ideal, it, it could make us feel bad because none of us are there, right? None of us have a perfect marriage. There's nobody in this room, including Nicole and I, that have a, and Nicole is here with us today, the second service. We've got the three services, so Nicole is showing up randomly in the front row. She'll be serving in the third service um, in kids, but that's where she's been for the past 18 months, right? Uh, just serving in kids. You haven't seen her. She's not a figment of my imagination. Someone like, if you're new, is like, he's talking about his wife, but I never see her. Here she is in the flesh. <laughs> I don't know where I was. See, honey, you distracted me this morning. Where was I? We're not perfect. That's right. <laughs> and see, sometimes this is like one of the, one of the secrets that teenage, Christian teenagers think that they're holding on their family that nobody else has. They think, oh my gosh, my parents aren't perfect. But look at all the other families at church. Look at that couple. They're, they're worshiping God. Let me just tell you, the worshiping family, they argue too. None of the families in this church, and there's no relationship in this church that's perfect. But when we have an ideal, which we do from the scripture, it causes us to move forward and it sets a vision. It sets a dream for us. When we know when we have a struggle in our marriage, we know that, oh, I gotta move somewhere beyond this. And this is what alpha marriage is all about. You know, um, as we, we've been discussing over the past couple of years, I, I feel like we've been, when we just do an, a marriage event, a one night, I don't feel like we're hitting all of the necessary things as it relates to marriage. So this is what alpha marriage is for. It's seven weeks to invest into your marriage, into your family. Now that's, that video is kind of generic so that it's, it, it invites a lot of people, but all biblical principles are gonna be taught in alpha marriage. So I encourage you, we're not gonna do a one-off marriage event this year, that what we're doing to invest into marriages in 2024 is alpha marriage. So I encourage you, if you're a married couple, seven weeks is a short commitment. And especially if you have kids at City Youth, you're here Wednesday at seven anyway, dropping off your kids, you can come in and do alpha marriage and then pick up your kids afterwards. It'll be great for you. But when there's an ideal, there's a couple things as it relates to uh, as it relates to marriage, it, it, could, it could put us down. It could make us feel bad about ourselves because look at the idea of marriage from Scripture. There's two things that we don't want to do. We don't want to rewrite the ideal. We don't want to change the ideal and create some sort of other version of what a marriage should be that, except from what God's Word says it should be. And instead of being put down or hurt because we don't reach the ideal, we should all be inspired to know that we can improve, that all of us can get better in our marriages. We don't have to stay here. We don't have to stay in some sort of negative place, that we can get better at communication, that we can get better at understanding each other, that we can get better at saying thanks, that we can get better at appreciating each other and all of the different aspects of marriage. And this is why we have an ideal from the scripture, a dream, a vision that God shows us something for family. 
And like I said, the enemy wants to destroy families. And, and what we're not doing as we talk about an ideal is that we're not condemning anybody. We know that people have struggled in their marriages and, and gone through divorce and, and difficult situations. And we're not condemning anybody. The scripture says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? So if you've struggled and you've gone through a divorce and a, and a difficulty in a, a relationship, hey, if you want to get married again, you can. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm done. No thanks, Pastor Brent. But there's somebody who might be like, you know what? I want to go again. You know, God is the God of a second chance. Amen. So we don't want to, we're not condemning anybody in here today when we talk about the ideal of marriage, but God's ideal for marriage and the vision for marriage is still the same even when somebody goes through brokenness. And we know how important it is, how, how important marriage is and the nuclear family is for children. There's lots of studies about this. It's not really new information. Children that come from a, a, a mom and a dad that stay together. That child has a great rate of success in so many different areas. And so again, but this is not a new idea. This is God's idea. So we want to try to avoid brokenness. Can I get an amen? So instead of moving in, in a broken pathway, what we want to do is we want to move towards God's dream and vision for our family and for our marriages. So we're going to look at here from the scripture, some of these dreams that God has for our families. Genesis 12, talking about Abraham and Sarah. It said, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house and I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. What is a great nation? A great nation is a people group. How does a people group get started? It gets started with a family. Here's, here's a dream, a vision that God has for your family. God wants your family to be great. And again, it's like, oh, this is the ideal. We're not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. We're going to move towards this. We're going to be inspired by this idea that this was the call for Abraham and Sarah that eventually would have Isaac 25 years later. But here, what is the dream? What is the vision that God is putting out in front of Abraham? I'm going to make of you a great nation. Let's keep reading. And I will bless you. God wants your family to be blessed. Here's a dream and a vision that God is giving to all of us as something to write down so that we can run with the vision. That God wants to bless your family. Don't you want to walk out those steps? Are you here today? We should want to walk out those steps that God wants to bless your family. But let's not stop there. I will bless you and make your name great so that... You, talking about your family, will be a blessing. This is the ideal. This is the call. This is the thing that we all should be moving towards. That we would have a family, and then from our family, that children would be sent out who would be a blessing. And we know this is true. From this call, what did Abraham start out as? A father. Before he was a great patriarch and before this, this great man of faith, what is he? He's a dad. 
Young men, you need to have a dream, a vision to be a dad. You need to have a wife first, but you need to have a dream and a vision. The steps along the way for you to be a dad is you need a wife. Can I get an amen? Let's keep it in order, proper. This is the call. That we, God would bless us and then make us a blessing. And we know this is what Abraham is. He's a father, right? Father Abraham. Hey. Okay, that's enough. You're cutting into my preaching time. <laughs> He's a father, right? This is God's dream for him. And this is my dream as well. Uh, this is the godly thing. I, I, I meet single young men. I'm like, bro, you need a wife? And you need to be a dad. I can tell. You're selfish and you're immature. <laughs> this is God's plan for you. It's a dream for you. The world will give you another dream. Another plan. Ah, you don't need that, you don't need that, you don't need that. It's all traditional. It's all old-fashioned. No, there's nothing better than God's plan for your life. Amen. Amen. A family that is a blessing. Nicole and I and our oldest daughter had the opportunity this week to go down to my nephew's wedding. It's a three-day crazy trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma in the middle of weather. But we're so glad that we did. We got to, to see his wedding. We missed our niece's wedding because of COVID, couldn't travel at that time. So we, we wanted to go down there to, to witness his wedding. But one of the amazing things that we saw at this wedding, there, you know, there's some speeches and then people talk about your nephew and you know, my sister's son. And all of these people talked about how my nephew had impacted their life. It was just a beautiful thing to see a family that has a son, and now that son is having a godly family. Blessed to be a blessing. This is the call. This is the vision. This is the dream. This is the type of family that we want to be. All of us in here should want to be the type of family that we have a family that's blessed and then that family can be a blessing to other families. We know this is true of Abraham. He had a, a dad who had a son that eventually became Jesus. And don't we think that Jesus has blessed humanity? Absolutely. Starts out with a family. Proverbs eleven twenty nine says this. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be a servant to the wise of heart. So as we start out talking about our family and our marriages and our children and the impact that they could have, what is he here that the scripture tells us? Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind. What does inherit the wind mean? You get nothing. There's, there's no return on you troubling your own household. And so God has something else for us other than just being a mean person in our house and an angry, hateful, ungrateful person, unable to get along with other people, treating other people poorly. 
Well, what do we have if we're doing that in our own family? We inherit the wind. But God has so much more for us. He has a dream and a vision for our marriages and for our children and the impact our families can have. Will we move towards it? Will we move towards the idea instead of like, oh, it's too hard, it's too far? Or will we embrace the vision and we say, God, help us to put these pieces together so that our family can be a family of impacts? One of the things in a family is children. This is why we, we love our kids here at City Church, don't we? They, the most important people in our church are our children. That God has entrusted us as families in a church with the children so we can be investing into them. Unlocking the potential that God has placed on the inside of them. Teaching them about God's eternal ways. We love our kids. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this is not a promise, like for sure this is going to happen, but this is wisdom from the scripture. My dad would always say it like this, some, some children don't wear the crown that you give them. So parents, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you've trained your child and then they've wandered away or they wandered away from the things of God or they messed up their life. When they get to a certain age, they have a choice, they have a will, they're not always going to choose the things that you've trained them to do. But here, this idea, parents, so important. What are we doing with our children? We're training them up, training them, showing them things. If we don't teach them, how will they know? I remember when Avery was about 10 or 12 years old, um, you know, back when we used to have red mailboxes, now we all have the slots in our neighborhood and the mail thing at the top. But this is like red mailbox days. So I drove up to the mailbox, I gave her a letter, and I said, can you put this in the mailbox for me? And she's like, I don't know how. She had never used a mailbox. I had failed as a parent. <laughs> she didn't know to pull the drawer and put the letter in, and then check it, make sure it fell down. But all the things in life are like that, parents. Train up a child. What are the things that your kids need to know? You are responsible for training them, instructing them, helping them to know. We don't want to let the culture raise our kids. We don't want to let teachers raise our kids. We are given the responsible the responsibility to train up our children from God. This is God's vision for us. Train up a child in the way that they should go. There's ways, there's good ways for your kids to go, and then there's bad ways that they could go, right? Just like you and I. Do you remember when you were a teenager? Do you remember? Maybe, maybe it was not so long ago. Maybe it was last night. <sighs> there's good ways for us to go, and there's some not so good ways for us to go. And we're going to train our children in the ways of God. Here's the ways that you live that are successful. And partly what we're doing is that we're training them that certain types of behavior has negative consequences. Because this is true, right? Are you here today? Because you already know this. 
Your parents taught you. Your mama said, hey, don't do that because if you do that, this negative thing will happen. And what did you do? You did it anyway. And then what did you say? Oh, mom was right. I hate to admit it. What are we doing? We're training our kids. We're showing our children certain behavior has negative consequences. Parents have to train them that there's consequences for negative behavior. Are you here today, parents? You have to train them. Don't think the city kids workers are going to train them. Don't think their teachers are going to train them. And what we want our kids to do is we want our kids to learn from us. We don't want them to learn the hard way that there's consequences for bad behavior. So we are going to train them. We're going to train them up. We're going to show them. We're going to limit their behavior. We're going to control their flesh until they're old enough to do it. Are you here today? Toddlers, if you have one, they have no ability to control their flesh. Right? Everything that they want, they want it now, blah, blah, blah. And then you, being the wise adult, control it for them. We, we, we've said this before, and it's, it's important to remember that you, you have two dials as it relates to your kids. You have a control dial and a relationship and influence dial. And when your children are born, the control dial is all the way up to 10. In other words, you have to control them for them to survive, right? You're taking care of them. You're controlling every situation in their lives. And then the older they get, you're dialing down the control and you're dialing up the influence through relationship because eventually you will have no control. And all you'll have left is relationship. So you have to build both of these things simultaneously. And you have to make the adjustment as they get older to dial down the control and then to dial up the relationship. In other words, we're going to be doing things with our kids to build relationships with them. We have to do fun things with our kids. Are you here today? If you're just the all control and they're 14, you got to dial it back. You got to do some fun things with your kids to build a relationship with them because eventually... You'll have no control. And what you want to have with your kids is you want to have a relationship. So we're training up our children. We'll finish with this verse. Alan, you can come on up. Then we're going to receive communion together. So here's a vision for us, parents. Some things that we want in our house. Every parent's favorite verse of Scripture Ephesians 6 verse 1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. We love it. So we have a vision from God for this. What's the next word in verse 2? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So how will your kids know how to honor you unless you train them? Dads, 
How will your kids know to honor your wife unless you train them? Wives, how will your kids know to honor your husband unless you train them to have respect for what they say, to honor them? So here is a word for a vision, a dream for a godly household. And the word is this, honor. That we would have honor in our houses. That we would honor each other. We would respect each other. Communicate to each other in such a way that's honorable. None of us are perfect in this. But this should be a dream and vision out in front of us. We shouldn't be crushed by this idea. We should be inspired by it. That God wants us to have honor in our household. That we would honor our father and mother. This is not just for teenagers. This is for everybody that has living parents. And I know not everything has gone perfectly with your parents. But this is what we should do. That it may go well with you. You may live long in the land. Fathers, here we go. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We're not provoking our children, but we're bringing them up. Discipline and instruction. The King James says, nurture and admonition. So we're not constantly nitpicking our children. We're training them. We're nurturing them. We're, we're showing them godly things. We're showing them how to have a relationship with God. We're teaching them the ways to go and the ways to avoid. A vision for a godly family. Let's receive communion together today. If you are a follower of Jesus and maybe you're visiting with us today, we invite you to have communion with us. The elements are in the seat pocket in front of you or near, not the seat pocket, underneath the chair in front of you. If you're on the front row, it's by the leg of your chair. And this is something that we do as a church family. This is what the family of God does, that we remind ourselves about Jesus. That the center of every godly family is Jesus. Amen? Moms and dads, we, we point our kids to Jesus. We read scripture with them. We teach them about Jesus. So that he is the center of our family and the center of our lives. Let's open up the top portion. And let's hold the wafer in our hand. I'm just going to read to you here from the Last Supper. In Luke 22, verse 19, it says this. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. <coughs> so we're supposed to remember today about Jesus. We take a moment as a church family, remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is a healing, miracle-working God. In Isaiah 53, the scripture tells us that by his stripes, we are healed. What does the stripes mean? And just when, when Jesus was whipped, the blood came through and there were stripes on his back. And that reminds us of the fact that healing is available to us. That God's 
presence is present. So let's just pray today. God, we remember Jesus today as we hold this wafer. We are reminded that his body was broken for our healing. So we just open up ourselves today, Lord. We say yes to your healing power from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. We thank you that you are a healing God. God, we just pray for anyone in here today as we spoken about earlier in the service that someone is in here today who's gone through a broken relationship. Scripture says that you bind up the brokenhearted. So we today, Lord, thank you for your healing power today and their emotions and their heart. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's eat together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So as we hold this juice today, we are reminded of the fact that Jesus shed his blood for us. That because of Jesus shed blood, we have forgiveness of sins and we can stand and be in God's presence today because of what Jesus has done for us. That when we sin, when we mess up, we never run away from God, we always run to God. So let's just pray today. God, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus today. Thank you, Lord, it washes away all our sin. We confess our sin today. We never run from you. We know that you are righteous and just to forgive us of all of our sin. We thank you, Lord, that we can be in your presence today because of the shed blood of Jesus. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Before we go this morning, if anyone is here this morning and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came and he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God offers us a relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. Or maybe you're here this morning and you kind of feel distant from God. Maybe one time in your life you felt close to God, but maybe something happened and you feel distant from him. You know, God is not mad at you today. God is inviting you close to himself again. I invite you to pray along with me as well. So church, we're all gonna bow our head and close our eyes. We're gonna pray this prayer out loud together, praying with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or somebody who might be rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. And I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that did that today. 
Hey, if that is you this morning, you either said yes to Jesus for the very first time or you rededicated your life to Christ, grab the connect card that's there in the seat pocket in front of me. You check off the appropriate box. And if you take that card to the info desk in the lobby, there's one of our team members that have some resources that will help you on your discipleship journey. This is just a one-time moment where you say yes to Jesus and everybody needs that. But God has called us all to be disciples. In other words, lifelong learners. And the resources that we have to give to you will help you on your discipleship journey. If you came to church this morning hoping to have somebody to pray with you or for you, some of our church leaders will be up here at the front of the stage immediately after the service is dismissed, and they will be happy to pray with you about any of those circumstances. Let's all stand up together today. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Make sure that you are here next week for Dreamers Part 3, which is Family Part 2. Thanks for coming to church. Have a great day. You are dismissed.